Greetings and welcome to Wisconsin in Focus, powered by the Center Square. I am Dan McCaleb, executive editor of the Center Square Newswire service. Joining me today is the Center Square's Wisconsin correspondent, Benjamin Yount. How are you, Ben? Getting ready for Halloween. I, I don't know what my costume's going to be. It's not going to be something offensive, Dan. Don't worry. I won't get us both canceled. Just me. <laughs> well, you're running out of time, Ben. We just got a few days left. And, you know, I was looking ahead at the uh, forecast. And we're going to have, uh, in my area, just uh, south of where you are, we're going to have temps in the uh, in the highs in the mid-30s and lows in the 20s. So uh, dress warm, whatever your costume is going to be. We, we have a big party. We'll have at least two fire pits and a uh, and one of those propane heaters that you can sit under. Yeah, we're ready. I feel bad for the little kids because nobody gets to see them as Spider-Man or the Stormtrooper or Snow White. They just get to see kid in, in coat and, and young child in extra sweatshirt. And yeah, it's, you know. Yeah, it's always uh, frustrating when you add the pretty good chance of rain. And they're depending on where you live, of course, in Wisconsin. That makes it even more miserable. Anyway, Ben, we are recording this on Thursday, October 26th. You covered a public hearing this week on a few proposed constitutional amendments that could go to uh, before voters perhaps next year. They all deal with elections and how they're carried out in Wisconsin. Both supporters and opponents of the measure spoke their minds at this public hearing, Ben. Tell us about these resolutions and the arguments both for and against. You can trace all of these back to 2020. There is the little zhuzh, the the sort of, what is it when you're making a, a, a cocktail and you sort of twist the lime, that little spritz, that's what I was looking for, of Janet Protasewicz and the new liberal majority Supreme Court. But this goes back to the conversation that we have had in Wisconsin literally since the day after the 2020 election, and that is voter fraud versus the opportunity for voter fraud. And, and these, these three plans, one would set the voting age in the Wisconsin Constitution at 18 and make it clear that non-citizens don't get to vote. The other would enshrine voter ID into the Wisconsin Constitution. It's been the law. It was passed back in 2011, but we had to fight over it in the courts till 2015. But voter ID has been the law of the state since 2015. It is not in the state constitution. Conservatives, Republicans want to do that. The third would essentially ban Zuckerbucks by constitutional order. And this is the idea that in 2020, the Mark Zuckerberg backed Center for Tech and Civic Life paid millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. I think about a half a billion dollars nationally, uh, eight to 11 million dollars here in Wisconsin alone to as supporters would say, get out the vote, as critics would say, by election offices, particularly up in Green Bay. And the gist of that amendment says you can't use outside money to influence elections here in Wisconsin. It adds, that's all fine, but you can't go in and give specific grants to this place, this place, this place, this place. Again, you know, voter ID and the idea of banning Zuckerbucks go directly back to 2020. Like I said, there is a little zhuzh of fear of this new liberal majority Supreme Court, which has never liked the idea of voter ID and which one of the advocates who came and spoke, who we quoted in the piece, 
admitted earlier in the, the hearing that, yeah, she wouldn't mind seeing people who are in this country illegally vote in local elections if that's what the local municipality wants. And again, the, the, the game plan from progressives or liberals or Democrats, whichever group you sort of want to sum up, their game plan is to take things directly to the Wisconsin Supreme Court and see if they can get the new liberal majority Supreme Court to do as they want, skip over the legislature, ignore, you know, sort of voting by either lawmakers or the people and just go directly to the court to leave these things open. So that's the backdrop behind this. But this is a very straightforward who gets to vote, how easy should it be to vote, and what are the safeguards for elections? It's that kind of debate. You see this debate in a number of states across the country. And, and here in Wisconsin, it really does come down to, to, to what Republicans have been calling the opportunity for voter fraud. That, that there aren't, uh, aren't a ton of documented voter fraud cases, but it is these loopholes that we had a whole investigation into. An investigation, by the way, that we never really got any definitive answers to. But uh, yeah, we're, we're still dealing with the questions from the 2020 election. And this is how Republicans have decided to answer them. By the way, if you're looking for the sort of underhanded strategy on the Republican part, by making these constitutional amendments, Governor Evers cannot veto them, which he has done to each and every one of these plans before. So Zuckerbucks, of course, referring to uh, Meta, Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg, he and his wife's foundation gave, as you mentioned, I think it was more than uh, $500 million to, to voting efforts across the country. The big criticism of that was they mostly went to boost voter turnout in Democratic precincts, major metro areas, uh, et cetera. When it comes to voter ID, I still don't understand the argument against requiring a voter to show an identification, whether it's a driver's license or a state ID card or whatever. What is the argument against that requirement? I should have fished this sound bite out, but it's a, it's about three minutes long. But the woman we quote in the story, Jamie Lynn Crofts with Wisconsin Voices, essentially said it is one too hard to vote in Wisconsin as is. Two, the people who don't have driver's licenses tend to be older folks or disabled folks or African-American folks. And three, it is unfair to expect that those people would have any sort of identification or could get a free voter ID. And again, this is where the reality is, even if you don't have a driver's license, even if you can't drive legally, you can walk into any DMV in the state of Wisconsin and get a free voter only state ID like that. Even during the coronavirus, when everything else at the DMV was shut down and they were just saying, oh, hey, you're a 16 year old, never driven before. Sure. Here's your driver's license. We don't want anybody to get the covid. Go ahead and, and go out in your mom's pickup truck and, and God bless and good luck. They kept the DMVs open so that you could get a voter ID. This is something that is, you know, enshrined in law. It is stamped into every single voter clerk's head that you got to have ID. There are all manners of great debates. And you can find some videos on this online of, you know, these citizen journalists or these these online journalists who go into neighborhoods in, you know, New York City or Chicago or Washington, D.C., and they ask African-American folks, hey, do you have do you have I.D.? 
Is it too difficult for you to go and prove who you are? And, and they just laugh because as a piece that I quoted in, in, in another piece, you know, there was a, a, a African-American precinct committeeman in Georgia who said, look, black folks buy houses. They buy cars. They go to the store and, and buy beer and cigarettes. They have IDs for every other thing that everyone else in America has. And so, yeah, you know, it, it is it is an argument out there, Dan, that, that it is somehow more difficult for black folks to get voter ID than somehow white folks in the suburbs. Whether that's true or whether that's just the talking point, who knows? But that that's the argument. Why why is there objection to voter ID? Because advocates say it's it's borderline racist to require it. Interesting, Ben. But as you noted, you need ID for doing all kinds of things in just regular daily life. But we're going to put this conversation on hold. I'm sure there'll be more conversations about it. And our listeners can follow Ben's coverage on this topic and more at thecentersquare.com. But we are out of time. For Ben Yount, I'm Dan McCaleb. Please subscribe. Thank you for listening.